live from Long Island, New York. Finally, I get to say that. This is Austin Danger <laughs> Podcast, the only randomly curated Austin Powers podcast on the internet. I'm Kev, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only super producer, Mackenzie Wilkes. Hello, governor. Why did I say that? I wow, don't know. We are... We're not even doing a British like movie. Like, Why did I say that? I don't know. This week is one of the least British movies I think I've ever seen. A movie about mistaken identity and what you're good for when you're rich, which is your stuff and not yourself. It is the story of two men who learn puppetry at the last minute in a grave emergency. Weekend at Bernie's. There we go. There we go. Oh, man. (laughs) No, I mean, I... I, uh... That description of it gave me more, I think. But who knows? I'm not saying oh, get, a, a damn word till we get to our main discussion. I went into America's Network Paramount Plus, and I selected this film. Mm-hmm. And I pulled out my phone, and I said, phone? Notion <laughs> app? We're keeping a track. We're This is Chairman of the Board Part 2. Mm. We're going to see how many times I laughed in Weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I gave up. At 26 times. Whoa. Whoa. Is Weekend at Bernie's going to be the most diametrically opposed we've ever been? Find out later on Austin There's a lot of questions about Weekend at Bernie's, (laughs) and we'll find them out at the bottom of the hour. But first, Mackenzie. Yes. I know that we watched so many different things (laughs) over the last seven days. A smorgasbord, Mm. as you'd say. Yes. I, you know, I, yeah, I haven't really watched a lot. I've, you know, I feel like I say this every other week. I always hit a wall. I've been playing a lot of Sims. I've reentered my, the Sims era. Which, so which Sims? Sims 4, which, okay. cause I own like every single expansion pack over the years. I have spent probably an inordinate amount of money buying every expansion pack on the Sims. Um, and so every once in a while I get back on wanting to play. So I, I, I typically, Rachel makes fun of me. I always make like single dads with stubble. Like that's always what I make. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Something about a single dad. just is what, what I want to play as, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think really the only thing I want, I've been watching a lot of TV. Obviously I'm keeping up with Yellow Jackets. I'm keeping up with Succession. I'm keeping up with Barry. A lot of amazing television right now. So that's been the majority of my watching. But I will say last night I did check out the new John Mulaney special. I guess that I logged Ooh. it on Letterboxd. Might as well share it. Um, you know, I liked, I mean, I've always enjoyed his comedy specials. I like all of his comedy specials. I feel like are very like ingrained in millennial culture. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like his quotes and I, you know, I, I'm not immune to finding John Mulaney funny is what I'm saying. And I like the sack lunch bunch a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. obviously he's gone through a lot of stuff publicly and that's kind of what his new special is about. His new special is, some material that I swear to God he used on a late night show. Maybe he was working it out a bit because some of it was very familiar to a lot of his post rehab uh, stand up he was doing on late night shows. But uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I I found it to be funny again. I just I think he's a good comedian. I like listening to him. It's definitely tonally very different than his other work because he is sober. So that is, and that's pretty much what the entire special is about is his sobriety and the various stories he did when he was at rock bottom uh and they're all very funny uh so yeah i mean i don't know i i feel like maybe a lot of our listeners might also enjoy john mulaney and this is sort of my uh way of saying hey his new special's on netflix so if you're interested in it i guess check it out um that was really literally the only thing i watched this week was the new john mulaney isn't that weird look it happens first of all isn't that weird I did see one thing over the weekend that I'm not allowed to talk about. So, Ooh. Oh, right. (laughs) 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 Oh, listeners made that joke last week. Uh, yeah, Kev, I don't know. I did. I interrupt you. Do you have thoughts on John Mulaney? (laughs) I I love John Mulaney. I feel like my, I feel like my girlfriend loves John Mulaney and we may have to wait until a time at which we can both watch it. It's good. Yeah. 2025, I'm going to love this John Mulaney special. Uh, <laughs> I'm also with you on Sack Lunch Bunch, which is like one of the greatest, most immaculate hours of like ever. It's an it's, amazing special. It's so good. We watched it like a little like a month or two ago because sometimes Rachel and I just want to watch Sack Lunch Bunch because the music is so great. 
you know um i love that i saw a white lady just crying <laughs> on the street um you know that's great plain plate of noodles with a little bit of butter is great my favorite is uh the david byrne one where it's like nobody's paying attention that one that's like my favorite <laughs> yes. one um, i love uh algebra will save your eye yes stage stage legend andre de shields who and shows then, up and does that thing at the end that makes me cry every time he does it, where he looks directly at the camera and affirms the watcher of the special. I, it makes me cry when I watch it. It's like upsetting to me that Andre DeShields has this power over me. I had a friend who worked on that show and I lived with him at the time and he came home one day and was like, I did a scene today where like all of a sudden, like it's John Mulaney and some um, kids and all of a sudden Andre DeShields sings a song about algebra. And I didn't believe him for six months. And oh my gosh. The special comes out on Netflix and there's Andre DeShields singing about, uh, about how algebra will save your eye. That's brilliant. How crazy it's, is that? It's so good. It's not yeah. much, much rocks. I don't get the cynicism of girl talk with Richard kind is like a okay. bit made in a lab for you and me specifically. <laughs> Correct. Number one, but number two, my, one of my favorite jokes of all time, maybe like if I had to list 10, one of them would be that there's a group chat of just the kids and Richard kind is in the group (laughs) chat talking shit about John Mulaney to the kids. Yes. 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 That is so so like, and it's underhand blinking. You'll miss it. You'll (laughs) never notice it. So innocuous and natural. It's so funny. Let's all see what's on his mind. The guest star's name is Richard Kind, please. If I, I could, Richard. If I could produce anything half as good as Sacklodge Bunch, I think it would be okay. Oh, it's brilliant. And I want to say before I go, David Byrne, who obviously is featured heavily in Sacklodge Bunch, does a song, I believe, a new song for Baby J, the new special that John Mulaney did. So oh, there's like a wow. new David Byrne song in, in it. So that's that's fun. I don't know how they became best friends, but vibes. There's also a great bit I will tease where John Mulaney does um, does Al Pacino, does an Al Pacino impression, and I will not spoil the context, but it is it's so funny. It's like the best part of the special. <laughs> As somebody who is growing an Al Pacino impression at home, it's, that's pretty it's intense. Not a great Al Pacino impression, but the bit is so funny. The um, Al Pacino impression is good, but they're all they're all about there. But. So I watched over off of our John Mulaney tangent. Kev, I mean, we both, we kind of hinted at it. You, did you watch anything this week or was it a slow well, week for you as well? I, it's super slow week for me for many reasons, but I did get caught up with our friends at Podzilla. Ooh. Dear friends of the show and, and potential future guests, Jason and Micah are going through the Heisei era of Godzilla. So this is from 1985 to, I believe, the new millennium. The year 2000. The, the Godzilla so, 2000 that's on our wheel? Uh, that's inclusive. Yeah, that's <laughs> in that era. I think Godzilla's hilarious cameo in Goldmember is also in that era, but I'm not sure. It is. So I watched uh, Godzilla. Nowadays. Boom. So I watched Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, which was great. A Terminator ripoff. And then I watched Godzilla versus Mothra from 90. I want to say it was either 91 or 93. I'm not sure. Indiana mm-hmm. Jones ripoff. <laughs> Very weird. Love it. Very weird. But but the thing I actually want to talk about is my girlfriend somehow scored tickets to Comedy Bang Bang, the book release show at the Bell House in Brooklyn on Monday night. Oh my gosh. And I, I hate to be this guy about it, but of the two shows, this one, the Monday night one got added later. But I think we won. <laughs> the lineup was a complete surprise. And I mean, like, so it was Scott Aukerman. If people don't know, Comedy Bang Bang is a podcast. I can't, I can't. Okay. I don't know. If somehow <laughs> you haven't heard of it, Comedy Bang Bang is a podcast where it's this guy, Scott Aukerman, and he invites guests on. And sometimes those guests are famous people being themselves. Sometimes they'll be comedians in LA being themselves or whatever. And then a bunch of LA comedians come on and do characters. And these characters can be like celebrity impressions, like Paul F. Tompkins will do Andrew Lloyd Webber or Cake Boss, Cake Boss, or um, Bobby Moynihan will come on and be this uh, wild orphan character called Forval, or any amount, like Nick Kroll does El Chupacabra, who's like a 
um, uh, Mexican radio host. The list goes on and on. Let me give you this amazing comedy bang bang lineup, please. So it was Scott Aukerman as like the straight man host, Paul yes. F. Tompkins playing his character Big Chunky Bubbles, which was not a surprise. <laughs> Big Chunky Bubbles is a guy who <laughs> creates Chunky bubbles. bubbles. Big Chunky Bubbles, he blows bubbles into out of stews and chowders, but not bisques, as we learned. Jason Manzukas playing okay. the character. Well, Jeffrey character Wheaties playing the character Jason Manzukas. Okay. Adam Scott, who was shooting Severance Upstate. <laughs> so he just showed up. Oh my gosh. Fucking crazy. Mike Hanford doing John Lennon, which is like Dark Horse, one of the best characters. <laughs> and uh, and downtown Griffin Newman as this hilarious like Disney Channel style presenter. Like if you've ever seen on the local news when like, They'll have somebody's kid come on and do like, this is my, this is a kid movie review. Yes, 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 yes. Like yes. that bit. Except he had a legitimate Black Adam swag bag, a tote bag with Black Adam written on it. Oh my God. <laughs> and a Black Adam notebook that lit up, which oh was my amazing. Gosh. Uh, when Griffin Newman came on the stage, my girlfriend who um, admittedly had, I mean, we, we both, you know, it's a bar, right? So. But she leaned over to me and started like yelling at me. Does he know you? Does he know you? I'm like, absolutely fucking not. No, he does not know oh, who I am. When is Griffin Newman coming on Austin Danger podcast? Every night I wake up in a cold sweat asking myself the same question and it may never happen. <laughs> I, I feel like real. we're very on brand. I feel like uh, does Griffin Newman like Austin Powers? It seems he seems like the kind of guy who would like Austin Powers. I feel like he's got takes. Let me go to Letterboxd. Oh, he just, he has a heart. Griffin Newman, the, the 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 word is in. Griffin Newman has no review, a single heart for Austin Powers. The diplomat, Griffin Newman. If there was ever a franchise, you know, blank check, they do the commentaries on their Patreon. If there was ever a movie to do a commentary for. Boom. Boom. Uh, but that's it. I want to give a shout out. Oh. I want to give a shout out to two members of Austin Nation who I wasn't even sure were actually listening. Uh, our dear friends, Andy and Kate from San Diego. Andy was in town last night and we met up and it was just great. And and he's like, yeah, I've been listening to Austin Danger podcast. Oh, that's very sweet. And Andy, I, I just wanted to say thank you. I, I highly anticipate your re-rating of Tar now that your expectations are a little bit more in check. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> You know, it's very funny. Like, I can physically see, like, statistics on our Anchor website for Austin Danger Podcast, but I'm still always, like, pleasantly surprised and shocked and flattered when people say they listen to this podcast. Like, whenever, when I found out Rachel listens every single Monday, I was like, are you kidding me? I live with you and you listen to my podcast? Like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> She's listening to this right now. And you know what the best part is? When you listen to Austin Danger Podcast, we can hear you back. <laughs> if you yell right now, we hear it. That's right. We're listening to you. Rip oh, out your it. loudest, yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> and we will hear it. Oh, did you watch anything else other than a Comedy no, Bang Bang I'm live show? <laughs> I went to a live show for another podcast. That's how little I watched. Like, I'm even behind on Schmigadoon, which I'm loving, but... I just haven't yet had the time. We just caught you know up I mean? like literally before I caught up right before I got on this call. So I'm going to catch up right after this call. So bada bing, bada boom. Well, speaking of bada bing, bada boom. Whoop dip news. What does it all mean, Basil? Could you believe that there's Austin news this week? I can't. You say that every single week. We always, we, you know, life finds a way. Life finds a way and we get Austin life news. Life finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's time for Austin news. If you've never heard the show before, this is the segment where we talk about the news in the Austin Powers world. Two big items up front. Number one, this week, May 2nd, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, is the 26th anniversary of Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Happy birthday to you. Are you kidding Happy me? Happy birthday to you. Yeah, I was also amazed. I'm about to blow your mind. May 2nd? 
Yes. That's my mother's birthday. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's literally my mom's birthday too. Austin wow, Powers we're celebrating and my everybody. mother. <laughs> my mother were both born on May second. Happy 2nd. birthday again. We're really just throwing them out today. <laughs> Good lord. So that's exciting. I love it. In addition to that, today, May 1st, hello, the Austin Powers Trilogy is back on Netflix. So if Netflix is your bag, go check it out there. Why it's not on HBO constantly boggles the mind, but I hope David Zaslav is getting his money's worth with that licensing. Uh, <laughs> now, now this story, this is one that I'm just going to read. <laughs> I'm just going to read the headline. I'm and scared. We're look in the story. This is from Insider from just this morning by Barnaby Barnaby Lane. Thanks, Barnaby. All right. Ed Sheeran says he'd never heard Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On until he watched Austin Powers amid accusations he copied the track on Thinking Out Loud. Uh, wait, when did he watch Austin Powers then? Appearing in a Manhattan federal courtroom on Tuesday, Sheeran testified that he did not copy the Marvin Gaye song. The heirs of Ed, Ed Townsend, who co-wrote Let's Get It On, are suing him for, for plagiarism. You know how these cases go. There are striking similarities between the songs. Okie dokie. So he's being sued? <laughs> I'm wondering... I am wondering what the... When did he watch Austin Powers? Which is your question. Yeah, like, was it a recent, like... Did he watch it as an adult and he had never heard Let's Get It On? Because that feels physically impossible. I want this investigated and I want this man punished if he lied. <laughs> Boom. I have a little tiny thing of Austin news, little nugget. You know how sometimes I like to go to Twitter and just look up the words Austin Powers and see what pops up? There is a yep. Twitter account called Art of Lost and Cancelled Media. That yes, I, this is a great account. I have never heard of this, but they posted today, April 26th, character models for Austin Powers Mojo Rally, a canceled Austin Powers yes. kart racer for the Sega Dreamcast that was being developed by Rockstar. Kev, I am sending this to you. As always, everyone, this will be on our Instagram stories. But um, what? This like What if I told you that this is, we've talked about it before on the show? What did we talk about it before? What? What have we yeah, about there was this? a big article about it like a half a year ago, and we talked about it on the we show. We talked about this? Yeah, but oh, oh God. I've never seen these. We're okay, these models are new. The like, models are, yeah, yeah I was about no. to say, I've never okay. seen these before. No, 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 they had these in the article. Well, I'm, f I'm an idiot. I, I don't know. <laughs> part of it, part of it, I mean, you know, this is not our job. There's no way for you to know. I, I did not remember that we talked about this. Uh, I have not seen these before. I do want to say, again, everyone, I will. I'm sorry. I'm, we're talking about a visual thing on a podcast. Again, go to our Instagram stories. You'll see this. I created a new little, also for everyone, I created a new little thingy on our Instagram, a little highlight called visual aids. So every time we mention in a previous episode, like go to our Instagram to see this, they're all stored there. So if you didn't like go the day the episode went out, you can still see stuff. But mostly I just want to point out that f these are basically little, yeah, like bobblehead go-kart racers for Austin Powers. I love that Frau is in a tank. <laughs> I love that. that it's she's a maximalist just like, tank. Yeah. I just, I love it. I love that she's in a tank. That's very funny to me. And fat bastards on a motorcycle. My favorite part of that whole story is the issue with fat bastard. Um, the thing is, is they wanted to make a cart racer. So this is from Rockstar Games, which yeah. yes, are the people who just a couple years later changed the world with GTA three. Wow. And they were going to go for an E rating for some reason. <laughs> okay. So they were going to probably, so fat bastard, right? Is a hard sell and the action figures had just called him fat man. So it was likely that the game would have followed in the same vein. What? Oh, because for the E rating, would have called him just Fat Man? Yeah, well, you can't hang up a toy that says Fat Bastard on it in a Toys R Us, so. <laughs> there was, you know the movie Sunshine Cleaning? No. Wow, it's a good movie. It's Emily, uh, Emily Blunt, I believe, and uh, Amy Adams. Harry Poppins. Yeah, and, and uh, Amy Adams and... Uh, Amy Adams is that a single. Fucking, that fucking patronizing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. 
um that that did confirm for me i had the right name because i was like yeah that is who i'm trying to say um this is so random but there's like amy adams is a single mother in it and emily blunt is her sister so the kid's aunt and she teaches him that the word bastard means a child born out of wedlock and therefore it taught me that word and so there's a scene in the movie where the little kid gets a fake tattoo that says little bastard on it and i thought that was super funny because i Mackenzie Wilkes was born out of wedlock and so I told my mom I'm a bastard and my mom got so mad at me uh, and it was very funny because I, oh, I was like shit. I was like this is a badge of honor I'm a bastard and my mom was like what the fuck no um so I, all I'm saying is that children know more than you think and I don't think a kid would have been really affected by the word fat, fat bastard but alas I also had already seen Post- Austin Powers at that point in my life so you know <laughs> maybe I was already too far gone Co-star of that movie is Amy Adams, who uh, <laughs> appeared in The Muppets 2011. I cannot wait to watch that movie with you, Kev. I have I have one more story on Austin News. Rosie <gasps> Knight, the great Rosie Knight of the X-Ray Vision pod and uh, Dune pod guest, wrote an essay about Matt Helm, who was a character played by Dean Martin in the movies. And in the books, he was very similar to James Bond, but... In these goofy movies came off a lot more like Austin Powers. Mm. The essay is great, and it makes me want to add these to the wheel and figure it out and get this going. I'm going to send Mackenzie a photograph from the article of Dean Martin, and you're going to tell me that that's not Austin Powers. And again, <laughs> we're trying not to do visual stuff, and I apologize for it. But tell me that that is not Austin Powers. Polygon uploaded a five megabyte photo. Oh, my gosh. That is profoundly austin we should i want to watch this what what is this yeah and the craziest thing about the hell movies there are four of them is that the last one is wrecking crew starring sharon tate what oh yeah 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 that was in quentin tarantino's movie once upon a time in hollywood sharon tate goes to the movies and she sees wrecking crew starring dean martin there is just a photo in this article of Dean Martin staring into the eye of a woman's butthole. I just want to say Tracks. that. He's just yeah, eye absolutely. level and she's bent over and he's just looking into her crack. And that's that's, that's in her. this movie, I presume. That's that's arguably what the movie is all about. <laughs> in the eye of the butthole. In the eye of the butthole. I went right, Hamilton, of which the is eye of the unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. The eye of the butthole. We're having a fun little funky night tonight. All right. Can we do Weekend at Bernie's, please? Can we do this? Can you bring, to quote you from last week, can you bring the people what they paid for, (laughs) what they're here for, that Weekend at Bernie's talk? and Richard Parker are low-level employees at an insurance corporation in New York City. On a very hot day where they're sitting on a tar-covered roof for some reason, they're going over some reports and they discover a series of payments made for the same death multiple times. Feeling like they're the heroes, they take it straight to the CEO, the wealthy Bernie Lomax, who commends them and is like, oh yeah, this is amazing. I'm going to reward you by inviting you to my beach house in the Hamptons for Labor Day weekend. But unbeknownst to the two men, Bernie is obviously behind the fraud, so he goes to a mob guy named Vito and asks to have the two young men killed. Vito agrees, but then after Bernie leaves, Vito orders that Bernie be killed because he's been sleeping with Vito's girlfriend Tina, and good god we are going to get into that whole thing during the episode. Bernie arrives at the island before Larry and Richard, and he is murdered pretty much immediately by the hitman. So then by the time Larry and Richard 
show up ready to party, they find Bernie's body. And before they can call the cops, guests arrive for a party that Bernie hosts over the weekend, a floating party or something like that. But hey, nobody notices that this guy's dead. He has a dopey kind of grin. He has sunglasses. He's just sort of laying there and no one seems to realize this man is fully dead. So they decide to maintain the illusion that Bernie is alive, if only to have the weekend stay fun. But then they eventually realize that they they listen to a voicemail that shows that Bernie was going to kill them all along. But Bernie specifically stipulated, this is a whole thing, that he may not be killed while he's around. So then they decide to use the dead body as a way to stay alive and not get killed by the hitman who's trying to repeatedly kill the corpse because he thinks that it's alive because the guys are carrying the corpse around and it's a whole ass thing. And eventually they have this big sort of face off with the hitman. And I honestly am really confused by the end why they just get off scot-free even though they were carrying around a dead body all the weekend. I don't know. All I know is it was a weekend, a weekend at Bernie's. What an adventure that just was that we all went on. That was more <laughs> eventful than the actual movie is watching I, you try to wrap your head around it. <laughs> Look, it was freeform jazz. I got busy and I forgot, but at least we got the plot out, you know? Um, <laughs> that is so funny because I've been you've been hyping this movie up a bit in our DMs, and then you insult it just then. I am so curious. I cannot wait to hear your final thoughts. But we got a lot of show before then. So, Kev, do you have a history with Weekend at Bernie's? Was this a first watch for both of us, or have you seen this before? This was this was a first watch beginning to end. Okay. I used to joke in college about doing a text adventure game of this, where any of the handling of the corpse becomes like some kind of. Uh, cosmic horror situation okay because it is horrible right what happens here uh that was really funny to joke about and then i would sit down to go do it and it just didn't manifest itself Mm. and i had not seen the movie so i went to go watch the movie and i made it about 20 minutes in maybe like 15 minutes in and i'm like i can't get through this at all (laughs) and that's really my history with it is that idea died about 10 years ago (laughs) oh my gosh and uh well, I'm singing a different tune tonight. What can I tell you? Mackenzie, wow. was this also a first watch for you? This was, but I think I mentioned it last week. And there's a lot of movies we cover on this podcast that are just so ingrained into culture in a way that like you feel like you know them before you've actually seen them. I feel like Jaws is a movie like that. Uh, a movie we haven't covered, but sure. The Matrix is like that. You know what I mean? Like these are these movies you feel you've seen even if you haven't and weekend at bernie's is kind of one of those because really all you need to know is they carry a dead guy around that's i feel like that was regurgitated a lot in culture and cartoons and kids tv shows and other movies i feel like it was just a, after weekend at bernie's it became the your weekend at bernie's zing you know this plot like i think like it became a thing and I, I made fun of it in my uh letterbox review i remember distinctly that that's a raven season one episode four episode uh, episode where they hypnotize he doesn't die but they hypnotize raven's dad to calm him down i think because he's going to be on tv and then he ends up not being able to wake up and they have to sort of pilot his unconscious body around while and pretend to cook with his unconscious body that's a raven is truly the goat of disney tv shows in my opinion uh so like that was my misunderstanding <laughs> so that was my like entryway was I kind of just knew the shtick I had never seen the movie and I was actually shocked by how much other plot was attempting to sort of be here uh, uh, in addition to we carry a dead guy around uh so yeah this is definitely a first first watch for me as well and I guess since I kind of said it this guy doesn't die until like over 30 minutes in. And I assumed we would be like beginning with like in the first 10 minutes, this guy's dead. And this is the movie. It took this guy a long time to die. In my opinion. This is one of the weirdest paced movies we've ever done on the show. It's so weird. Because when he finally died and they started like going through the motions of it, I was like, there's no way there's an hour left in this. And then I paused the movie and listener, there was. <laughs> yeah, I paused a couple times, like not a couple times, but like the first time I paused was when I, when he finally died, I went, how long has it been? And I clicked pause and it was like 34 minutes. And I was like, okay. 
And then it felt like an hour and a half had gone by of him being dead. And I clicked it and went, how long has it been? And it had only been another 30 minutes. And I was like, how the fuck? So I was sitting there going, how is there more movie here? How is there more of a film? We already have an hour and I'm exhausted. <laughs> and it's not like there's that much story either. No, there's Obviously no. there's the one gag. They get three great jokes out of it, in my opinion. One... I'll content. I'll I'll give to you, but like they get about three great gags out of it in an hour, and then you have half an hour of setup for basically like the dopey love story. Why do we go back to Richard's parents' apartment? That was the most useless scene. I totally wrote that down of being like, <laughs> we do not need this much setup. We, like they are setting up so much right now, and like the shit is the guy is dead, and the other guys carry him around. We don't need all of this. There was just so much set up with the love story that felt underdeveloped by the end anyway. So I'm like, why the hell are we spending so much time in this scene of his parents' house? Uh, yeah, if really like a lot of the opening scenes, I was just like, I'm ready to get to the shtick. So I was shocked at how long it took Bernie to die because yeah, there was that was I think the most useless it felt like the going back to the parents. I was like, why is this here? Because I tell you, by the time we finally got to the good stuff in this movie, I was ready for it to be over. I was clawing my eyes out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I laughed a lot. I laughed a lot. Please don't get me wrong. I was having like a fun enough time. That's... But as a result, by the time we get to like the dominoes starting to fall and the assassin coming back and all this, I just had no quarter, no patience for it. That's so funny. I, I found this movie to be quite boring, honestly, for all it was trying to do. And it only got a single genuine laugh out of me where I like, like I actually thought it was actually funny. And it was a moment of incomprehensible physical comedy. And it was when Tina enters the door drunk and somehow that actress like does a flip and like falls on the ground or something. You know what I'm talking about? It's like when Tina enters the room, yes. she like, it cuts to her and she's like sliding on her ass into the room. And that made me laugh because I could not comprehend how that actress physically got to that position. Uh, like, like in terms of the character, like how did she go from walking to the door to then being flat on her ass and sliding in? Um, that was the one moment that made me laugh. I will say. So I, 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 didn't find this movie to be super funny and and i was i was quite bored by it i had 26 uh we could talk about some of them please yeah my one of my first big laughs is andy summers credit andy summers is of course the guitar player for the police oh and the police vibes are all over this score because they're going for some kind of pseudo tropical chill thing there was a score in this movie (laughs) yep Yep, and it was done by Andy Summers of the Police. Never released, by the way. I I honestly don't remember the score. So, well, see, every '80s movie sounds like that to me. It's like every '80s movie is like <laughs> this music. It's two kind of schlubby average Joes and like one insanely hot woman, and there's just shenanigans afoot. Like every movie I watch from the '80s is sort of that general vibe. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't deny it. We're just two average guys uh, I, with this insanely hot woman. What are we going to do now? Man, when are we doing weird science on this show? <laughs> I actually Mackenzie one star. No, I actually really loved that movie in high school. And I think it's because I just thought that woman was insanely hot. So I was kind of a teenage boy in that sense. I am curious how that movie would sit with me as an adult. All right, I'll note. That's how weekend at Bernie's needed to improve. <laughs> yeah, I needed I needed a hotter woman around more frequently than I would have liked. Weekend. Right. Bernie also, would no have necrophilia to be a would be nice if there was no necrophilia. Uh, that's something weird science the necrophilia doesn't have. Was, I mean, I hate you get it. Get in that. a writer's room. You get in a writer's room and you talk about a corpse. In 1988. Within 10 minutes, you're talking about the sex, right? Like, that's the thing. How? How are you um, going? How are you getting there? How? What's going on in a boardroom in 1989? I don't know. Because you've seen this movie. You know, <laughs> we know what they're thinking about. It's just the logistics. Not only is it disgusting and very casually so in this film, because necrophilia is very gross. <laughs> and it just yeah. happens as this, like, oh, ho, 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 ho. he's how the, logistically, that is a dead body. How is she having sex with it? Like, is it? 
I'm sorry to go here. Is his penis hard? He's dead. How is there's no blood flow? What is going on? She was up there for 30 minutes. 30 minutes is a long time to be having sex with yeah. a dead person. I just like logistically, like that took me out of the movie so hard because not only did I think it was gross, logistically, I could not make it make sense in my mind. Is there rigor mortis in his dick? Is that- Why are we doing clerks on Austin Danger Podcast? <laughs> is there rigor mortis dick in clerks? Is that, is that what's happening? I mean, I don't know. I At that point, the movie was already so dumb and so like kind of boring <laughs> that I was like, oh, finally, at least there's, at least there's one of the five something. jokes. Like one of the five jokes you would expect, right? Because we got washed up on the beach, which is my favorite joke in the whole movie. That was scary. We got, yeah. Yeah. Very scary. It was a jump scare. We got flip off the deck. Yes. Right? Yes, 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 yes. We got over a handrail of some other kind. I forget. We got the sex, right? Like, these are like the five jokes you would do in a situation like this. So, I mean, I can't believe they went through with it. <laughs> I just, again, the logistics of it made no sense to me. I was like, 30 minutes with a dead body you didn't notice once? It's also well, hot. That's, so that Isn't there a to, smell? Oh, my God. That speaks to a bigger thing that I actually thought was really interesting. It's time for Kev's uh, Conspiracy Theory Corner. Galaxy Brain. Do it. I loved the way that this movie captures how vapid and materialistic rich people are and and the people who mooch off of them are, where all that matters is that Bernie's in the room and you get to say, hi, Bernie. Whether he even says hi back, not important to them. What's important to them is that they can use the house to have the parties and that, you know, you could drive around in the jet skis and whatever the, the hell else, right? You get to drive around in his little red cart, this hilarious little red <laughs> cart, which I loved. The sun was fabulous. The wind was fabulous. We had a great time. Oh, hi, guys. Hi. Love you, darling. Just love you. You know, you could use a little sun. I'm going out again tomorrow if you want to go. Lie on the deck. Catch those rays. Don't worry. I'll help myself. Um, he's dead. That's the idea, is it? Cheers. Hey, Bernie. Hi, Bernie. Hey, dude, you need to pump some iron. So, Bernie, what about your Porsche? Have you had a chance to think about my offer? You know, 30000 is more than decent price for that car. Look, you just think about it. Take your time. Don't rush into anything. See you later. I thought that was really interesting, but even that was like, didn't really have enough to, to cinch it the whole way through. There was about 15 minutes of that. See when you, and then it was just the same things over and over again. When you said that up top, that actually was interesting to me. Like that's an interesting idea of this materialism and yeah, like what you are worth is the objects you own and not necessarily what you're bringing to the world around you. Uh, and like, I just, yeah, I don't think this movie explores that at all, but you seeing that, oh, I, fuck no. I love that you see that because that is very compelling to me. And that is an interesting theme. Even if the film leaves it on the table, that makes sense. But yeah, it's I mean, also even funny. at the end, they don't even notice. Yeah. All the people, also all the people that Bernie surrounds himself with is like the girls and the gays. Like, is that, <laughs> it's just like women and gay people. <laughs> Uh, which I found funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, there was just like that one gay guy who shows up for like two seconds who like is hitting on one of the guys. And I was like, I, there was like multiple gay men just like floating around in this party uh, that I found, or at least queer coded men, I should say. Uh, sure. And then there's obviously that weird tasteless, like sex change operation joke, uh, but with very of yeah, its time. Very, what was that? nowhere kind of basically out of nowhere it's unneeded one more unneed look the sex is like one of the 10 ideas you could have about this story okay yes if you're breaking this story with these beats that cor- that corpse is gonna see some action okay like that's just what it's gonna be <laughs> i knew you were drinking and i'm sorry but you invited that into the chat it's okay it's you okay. invited that onto our show it's okay <laughs> like like that's gonna happen yes the sex sure. change joke didn't need it Ridiculous. really random i mean here's the thing it vaguely felt like a dog day afternoon reference i guess of like he stole the money oh, to pay sure. for his partner's operation but even that movie 
deals with it very badly because of the casting of Chris Sarandon and the act of uh, like they had a trans woman auditioning for that role and they said you look too much like a woman. That's my you know that's that's like a big story about Dog Day Afternoon was they had one of uh, John Waters' girls auditioning and they were like, no, nah, you look too much like a woman. We're going to cross cast Chris Sarandon actually. So like, I couldn't tell if they were referencing Dog Day Afternoon. Either way, it was a very random and unneeded joke. Uh, I felt like obligated to call it out, even though it it's one of those things where I wasn't like, it didn't harp on it too long. It's of its time, right? The late 80s. I feel like the 80s and 90s had a lot of these kinds of jokes, including Austin Powers. We talked about it a bit. It's also yeah. Austin Powers. Like these were just jokes that permeated this type of studio comedy in that time i mean ace ventura is a huge one that has a profoundly transphobic joke at the end of one of its movies like this it was part of culture and i'm not obviously not saying it's right because i don't stand by that but uh, i wasn't shocked to hear that joke you know it didn't like make me clutch my pearls i was just like oh it tracks for this era of movies but yeah, random as hell. Very random. Very random yeah. joke. And I mean, the movie also had taught you at that point that it was going to be tasteless anyway. Yeah. I mean, the uh, necrophilia was still <laughs> really bad for me. Yeah. Again, I'm still working through those logistics. She was so satisfied. <laughs> what is going on with this dead man's penis? Well, she was satisfied because it, it would be funny if she was satisfied. Yeah, and this exactly. Movie's a comedy, exactly. So it's a joke. Exactly. So that's why I, I, I am left thinking through what happened. <laughs> I'm like I need to I need to I need to know what went down. Let me tell you. I am if I'm her, yeah. if I'm uh what's the T- name of the love Tina interest? Tina, we can get name. into this. Oh, the love interest is No, Tina's girlfriend Tina's with the, the girlfriend. lace gloves, which I thought was hilarious. All of the fashion in this movie I thought was super oh funny. Oh my god, the woman Tawny, which gives us a line that I did think was stupid but also funny. Hi Tawny, I'm horny. Um Tawny's bathing suit women's bathing suits in the 80s were so insane because it was like the like the the sides went up to like your shoulders you're like wearing the borat suit the borat bathing suit almost tawny was uh and then sneakers and high socks like a bathing suit and sneakers it was very very weird uh, yeah um gwen is the name of the love interest played by yeah, Catherine yeah, yeah, mary yeah. stewart very catholic name the heir to some kind of oil fortune with that name. <gasps> oh my God. She was in the apple, the 1980 musical that Parker Posey recently mentioned on the letterboxd pod. Uh, insane like movie. That? That I, I, I feel as a fever dream for me personally, but uh, she's the lead in that movie. Apparently. I have to watch that. It's a musical like I, and it's like set it. in the faraway future of 1994. And I love it when movies are one set in the future and we've already passed those dates. Uh, that's one of my favorite things in movies. We should do the apple on our show. I should, I, I will throw that out there. I think the apple come to think of it. The apple is not on the wheel. I'm going to add it. It should be on okay. there. I think she's great here doing the best she can with this material. Yes. that makes her look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Um, I mean, but then again, but then again, unfortunately, everybody has to be stupid because that's the whole point because she's there to see Bernie because she's what it, what is it like? Uh, her dad is a lawyer and he knows Bernie that way. She's like an intern. Yeah. It's a, she was interning because the father is friends. Yeah. 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 It's like a whole thing. Right. So she's there to give her dues and say, thank you. She's not there to say hello to a man. She knows she's there to say, thank you for the job. Yeah, I I, I was confused why she was there at first. And I was like, she's just here so she can be the love interest. She's super cute. She's really pretty. I agree super with you cute. that she's doing a good job here with pretty much no material at all. And even that ending, yeah, she, kinda... she sells the ending when she finds out Bernie's dead. Like she sells that really well of like the horror of realizing that uh, he was telling the truth earlier because doesn't he try to tell her and she thinks it's a joke because he lied about his grandpa. He tries or to something. no. What happens is he, he she comes to the house and he tries to tell her and he gets it all out. He explains the whole thing. Yes, but um, he lied Larry about somebody else dying. Well, he also lied about somebody else dying. So he she lied about like, his aunt dying yeah. and whatever. Yeah, it's Gwen. Hi, Gwen. Oh. You know you've got to be the weirdest guy I've ever met. You told me Bernie was dead, right? I just saw you with him. Now, what's your explanation this time? Gwen, 
I don't mean to be rude when I say this, but get the hell out of here. No, I'm not going anywhere until you tell me what's going on. Listen to me! You're in a lot of danger here, so please leave oh, unless you want to get shot and yeah, killed because yeah, the cops are going to come in and say Look, honey, Lomax is dead here. Somebody's trying to kill us. Can we stay at your house till the cops come or what? It's just Bernie! Gwen, 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 listen to me. We didn't do this to him. Do we look like we could kill someone? Listen, honey, have a drink, relax, you'll be fine. Let me rephrase that. Do I look like I could kill someone? She kind of reminded me of Elizabeth Berkley a little oh, bit. Okay, yeah. A little bit. This is before the era of Elizabeth Berkley, but <laughs> just a touch. An Elizabeth Berkley type. I see that. Elizabeth Berkeley's doing well. She's selling showgirls merchandise on Instagram now. Boom. <laughs> and I hope they got her for that new vinegar syndrome 4k. Yes. And there's also a new doc. There's so there's, you don't know me. This is, we, what are we doing? Showgirls? Big question. There's, you don't know me, which is a great like fan made doc, which I totally recommend if you're like interested in showgirls. Wonderful. But yeah, there is a, um, a like queer, um, oh my gosh biography what am i trying to say documentary wow documentary filmmaker who he recently did uh the sunset the boulevard story that documentary that kevin i both watched about sunset boulevard the failed musical oh, remember when we became friends yeah, yeah he's doing a showgirls uh doc called and paul verhoven is coming back like, is doing new interviews for it yeah it's like supposed Yo, to be a whole really? last thing yeah it's called goddess i think uh i'm trying to keep an eye on like when it's actually releasing but um yeah, so there's going to be a new Showgirls doc coming out. So, and I'm pretty sure that she's going to be in that as well, uh, because from what I've heard, Paul Verhoeven's giving new interviews for it. Mind-blowing. It's going to be great. But Mackenzie, I, I have to be, I, I got to be real. Yeah. We just got in like a three-minute aside about Showgirls documentaries. <laughs> Makes me think, and the clock, make me think that the sun is getting kind of mm. low in the sky, don't you think, on Weekend at Bernie's? I mean, there's not much to say about Weekend at Bernie's. I loved the assassin. I thought he was hilarious. He was very funny. Yes. His little priest disguise was great. He was he was a great mugger as well. He was just like the perfect face for every reaction. He was playing it big, but just it worked. Hilarious. Yeah. That that final scene with the shootout is just so funny. <laughs> yes, he's just completely lost I his mind him. at that point. It's very good. I thought he was great. I want it known. <laughs> While I'm here, I also have one important popcorn note. Yeah. Folks who have listened to the Invasion of the Body Snatchers episode of Dune Pod will know that I called this out there last night. There's a book on Bernie's bookshelf, and I'm kind of obsessed. What? All of a sudden, I'm looking at all the shelves and stuff, because this is a really nice mansion that he's in, that they're running around in and dodging people at parties. And all of a sudden on the shelf, I see a hardcover copy, must have been the first edition, of Chapter House Dune by Frank Herbert. Oh my gosh. Not Dune, not Dune Messiah, not Children of Dune, not Heretics of Dune. No, 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 no. Chapter House Dune, the last one, the most recent one at the time. Oh, wow. He's staying up to date with new releases. No. Now, it had been a couple of years. Okay. I, I, I get. But like he had had no other Dune in the house. That's very funny. Just a weird... Messiah is one thing. Children's one thing, but to just have chapter house Dune is pretty damn fun. <laughs> I love it. But that's all I got in terms of popcorn notes. Mackenzie, take it away. I got some lots of little random things, mostly little jokes. Why are they sitting in hot tar on a roof? I'll never fucking know. Like, seems like a pretty stupid decision. Uh, and yet they do it. Maybe sets up all the other stupid decisions they'll make. The business I guys. I didn't even clock that. Yeah, they're on like a hot roof and the tar is coming off onto the paper they're handling because they put their hand on the tar. It's a whole thing. Um, I the There's like a shot in the office building the next morning because they're talking about how hot it is, right? And that's why the roof is melting or something. And um, two guys enter in suits, but they're wearing shorts. I thought that was shorts. really funny. Um that was amazing. The disguise in shorts fuck? was wild. Uh, I really did like Vito. It, he's there for a short period of time, but I do love that Bernie clearly has no power in that situation and just gets fucked immediately. I thought that was really funny. Uh, the phrase sweet and sour matzo balls had to call it out. <laughs> uh, I wrote, why would he try to bone in the living room knowing his parents are there? But he just a series of bad decisions for a scene that made no sense. 
Hey, did you, did you ever did you clock that Richard kind of looks like Woody the cowboy? He does. He does look a lot like him. He does. <laughs> Forgot to mention that. Um, then I started in my notes. I started complaining that it's been too long and Bernie's still alive. How about Tony Kaiser though? That performance is fun. Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, so much of that is like so much. I think of the hilarity if you found it hilarious of that performance is i mean i must assume audiences in 1989 love this movie because it made a ton of money and like it got a sequel so i assume people liked it they made a sequel yeah yeah so like so much of it is because you know that actor is like doing that you know what i mean it's kind of like when you see a really great shtick in a play and you're live and you're watching it happen in front of you and like you have to watch him kind of do this physical feat like there's a lot of it's a very good performance because he has to do a lot more i think than people realize um so yeah, he's super funny. I, I kind of did what I did last week with Alien, where I was like, I simply would not be in this situation. I would have called an ambulance the second I found a dead body, and I never would have been in this scenario. Um, I'd like to think, at least. I'm t- high tawny. I'm horny. I wrote that down. <sighs> Again, I just was so confounded <laughs> by their first instinct to be like, carry him around. Be like, let's get the blood flowing, as opposed to checking for a fucking pulse. Like, I just, everything that led to the shenanigans made no sense for me. The thing with this movie is I could not get my head around the lack of logistics in certain scenes, which I know you're not supposed to have them in these movies, but I was like, you're not good enough to make me ignore the lack of logistics. If you were good enough, I would not be paying attention to this. But since I have nothing else to, I am now like, why the fuck did you pick that guy up to move the blood around, quote unquote, instead of just seeing if he was dead? Whatever. Again, I, I, I liked the random woman being like, talking about she made something or wrote something about sherlock and watson being married secretly married there's a lot of oh yeah what was that about it's just like a lot of women and gay men hanging out with with bernie and like talking about queer coded media i guess i have no idea um but i mean obviously a lot of people feel that way a lot of people ship those two characters i'm pretty sure that king billy wilder made a movie about watson and sherlock being a real couple so i think it was maybe in the zeitgeist the guy why does what's his fuck look directly into the light of a lighthouse like why did he think that was even a moderately a decision he should make like he was like oh what's what's going on in here and it just fucking burns his eyeballs out why did they have her say no it's all automated why did they have to have her so that's so that's the thing is there's so much needlessly complicated crap like why did she say that and like, here's the thing. He falls down the lighthouse and it's like, okay, whatever. But the the thing is, all we need to do is get them to the beach to kiss. So the dead body shows up. Like there's a lot of filler. Like we didn't need them to go up to the lighthouse. We just needed them to go by the lighthouse and go, oh, it's romantic over here. Let's make out. And then there's the dead body. That whole scene could have been cut. Like there's so many random shit. And then, yeah, like, I don't know. Him just falling down the stairs was very silly. Uh, again, I wrote very late in my notes. The first genuine laugh was Tina sliding into the house. It was very funny. She had a knife. That was also funny. I forgot to mention her getting a knife out was, and her being like, where is he? Uh, was pretty funny. And then I, lo- <laughs> I literally didn't take notes. The la- I wrote, is she fucking a dead body? And then the next note I wrote was uh, classic 80s transphobic joke. So from the necrophilia to the reveal, I didn't take a single note, I guess. Wow. You were done. <laughs> I was done. Uh, goose cooked I wrote this movie's moving like a fucking snail and that is the last note I wrote so I guess that's how I felt about it it lost me pretty much uh, halfway through jeepers jeeper weepers <laughs> again the ending also made no sense to me I didn't write this down because clearly I stopped taking notes but like why did they just get off scot-free because now they can frame the hitman for it I'm just confused they still tampered with like evidence and, and and like hit a dead body for days and they're just they're just fine so much again like the fact that you didn't just turn it off after the sex at this point you were so hung up on that <laughs> to be hung up on that at that point though it was like i mean i have to watch it legally for this show i'm legally bound to watch that is true. It for this for this for this podcast kev what are your final thoughts what is your rating i have been so cu- i hope i didn't pull you down at all because i'm very curious you've been hyping it up in my dms a bit Look, the fact of the matter is this movie is fucking stupid. Yes. You know it. I know it. It's not rocket science. Or as my boss says, it's not rocket surgery. Okay. (laughs) 
three and a half stars. Now, now, why is it three and a half stars? That's very high. I, I know you it's were very going high. Four. I overrate everything. I predicted you were going no. four for this, genuinely. No, 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 no. I did laugh 26 times. The movie is stupid. The sex change joke is offensive. Every joke is offensive, but it brought me back to a time and a place. There you go. How, how else can I, what else can I say? Three and a half stars. Uh, how to load you go? Uh, probably two. Two and a half, something like that. Sure. Yeah. I, the thing is, Correct. I don't think it's like that bad. It's just kind of boring. And like, again, it just doesn't like, it did not charm me and it didn't. And it, and because of that, I was just sitting here thinking of all the plot holes. I was probably at three stars. And then, yeah, genuinely the necrophilia was so annoying and weird to me. I was like, all right, fuck you. Two stars. So, uh, yeah, but it's also not the worst two star movie I've ever seen. Like it's, it's a perfectly fine movie if you're like need something on or you're on a plane i guess and you want to like it's not like a horrendous watch it's just yeah it's just kind of boring there's some good bits in it though i'll give it that again there's some good bits in it i think the cast is doing what they can with the material i think all of them are are perfectly serviceable for the script uh it's just not i'm just shocked it was such this huge cultural thing when it's kind of a eh movie I don't remember it being such a huge cultural thing besides the idea getting taken. Yes. The idea of like, I get, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe I just saw that a lot and assumed the movie was a big deal, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those that gets brought around a lot. It's done. Frodo. It's done. Frodo it's voice. time to do our little show. Let's do our little show. It's done. It is a, it is accomplished. <laughs> I'm trying to do Willem as Jesus here. Oh my God. All right, shall we do our little show? Let's you're gonna love this. You're gonna you're gonna lose your mind over oh this. Oh God, is there awards? I love gold. If you say a if you say Academy Awards right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right out the window. At the Deauville Film Festival in Deauville, France, 1989, Weekend at Bernie's was one of the nominated films alongside such films as Heather's, Errol Morris's The Thin Blue Line. <gasps> And the movie version of Harvey Firestein's Torch Song trilogy. Oh my god, those, yeah, great movies. They all lost to, oh, Bill Forsyth's Breaking In was also nominated. Mm -hmm. But Signs of Life was the winner, 1989 Signs of Life. With Bo Bridges, Vincent D'Onofrio, directed by John David Coles. <gasps> I've never heard of this movie. Uh, I've never heard of it either, but Kathy Bates is in the cast, ADP, future ADP legend. Hey, the legend. Yeah, Kathy Bates nude. <laughs> so it was at a festival in france that's the gold that's i love gold for this week um if you're new to the show i love golds where we talk about awards <laughs> i'm it. a good host i'm a good host <laughs> i love it moving on to the alan parsons project this is where we tie our movie of the week into the austin powers trilogy we actually have five links tonight believe it or i'm not. not shocked by that yeah paul fisher from the camera department was a grip on international man of mystery I assume was a best boy grip on weekend at Bernie's and Hey, Hey, he worked on torch song trilogy as well. So how do you like that? Nice. So all of those can be future episodes. Also the 2009 Sam Raimi drag me to hell. Some episodes of the crank yankers reboot. Oh my God. And what's eating Gilbert grape. So anything's possible. Moving on to Michael Pizzuto also in the camera department. Worked on Spy Who Shagged Me, as well as Mystic Pizza. A bunch of TV. Too numerous to name. The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, wow. Oh, man. When? We were doing that. Among many others. Another link we have here is George Chung, an actor who's in Rush Hour. Does a voice in GTA 5. <gasps> when are we doing GTA 5 on the show? I just played that for the first time, like, end of last year. No kidding. Yeah. This guy's actually done a lot of games. Oh, that's so fun. Halo 2. Oh, wow. Etc. Mars Attacks is in his credits oh. here. North. North. One of the famous worst movies of all time. I also want to call out stuntman Rick Seaman returning from the Charlie's Angels episode. Seaman. S-E-A-M-A-N. <laughs> Thanks to him, we will one day do an episode on Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakle. <gasps> Just The Squeakle? 
Well, may have I don't know if he worked on other things. I'm sure they all. Sorry, connect. I'm now looking at the cast for the movie North, a movie I've never heard of. Guess who is in this cast? Guess who else is in this movie? Elijah Wood. Kathy Bates. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> what She's movie has she not been in? We'll see. This cast is we'll is out. too too deep to even get into. Oh my god. <laughs> The final link is Philip Rogers, who brings us Star Trek First Contact, The Core, and Fast and Furious 6, among many, many others. So very excited to get to those. Thank you to all of those people for your hard work on Weekend at Bernie's, because it's the reason we talked about it. Bada bing, bada boom. There you are. You're over there. We don't have any use over there for a weekend at Bernie's. Big shock. Um, But if you would like to send a letter at some point about weekend at Bernie's, anything we've discussed before, what we're watching next week, or honestly, whatever you want, whatever you want to say, uh, you can send us an email at austindangerpodcast at gmail.com. But as we promise every week, if we have a little time, which we have been lately, if you tag your reviews, Austin Danger Pod or Austin Danger Podcast. We are actively looking for them and we're liking them from our official Austin Danger Podcast HQ letterbox account. And we are going to find them and share them on the show. And I think we have a couple this week, a couple new reviews. We I know have we have a weekend a at Bernie's review. <laughs> do we ever? <laughs> As promised, we have two reviews this week. First, our buddy Ron from King Kong voicemail fame, host of Real Latinos. Sender of the Masters of the Universe Blu-ray. Yes. Two stars for Weekend at Bernie's. This is when (laughs) I was like, when I saw this review come in, I was like, what the fuck? Am I totally off base? And I am. I absolutely am. (laughs) But listen to this. If I didn't know any better, I'd assume this is one of those situations where a cocaine-addled studio exec caught a sketch on SNL and threw a bunch of money at it. In spite of some admittedly entertaining physical comedy bits, there's still 80 more minutes of the movie than the concept allows. And yes, Ron, I agree. And we both agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe it would have worked better for me with different leads. Ron adds that that apparently John Cryer was going to be in the Larry role, which actually I like McCarthy as is, but may have helped. Yeah, maybe some more likable. They're not bad. I just, I don't know. Like It's like, it takes a real talent to, spruce a script like this up but i just don't know if anyone on that cast had it ron continues even though a lot of it has aged poorly it's more boring than it is bad the best part about the score is that it gave andy summers something to do after sting broke up the police (laughs) wow apparently the annoying kid was played by human giants jason walner which is amusing to me glad i finally saw it but i'll let it return to the 11 a.m saturday usa network time slot where it belongs Oh my gosh. I don't even think USA Network is running. (laughs) It seems like a drag, but like, I'm pretty sure they just run Law and Order now. I I don't doubt that. Into oblivion forever. Thank you, Ron, for tagging your review. Next, uh, from Jaeger5000, a review of Spice World, two stars. This was a first time watch for me as I've just become a fan of the Austin Danger podcast. Thanks, (gasps) Jaeger. Uh, What? Welcome. Welcome to Austin Nation. Welcome, welcome. Wait until you hear this. I had no chill for the Spice Girls in 1997. The only songs I remember hearing were Wannabe and Say You'll Be There. I was way too into Corn and Rage Against the Machine. Fair enough. Fair enough. inside Inside Kev, there are two wolves, but fair enough. At first, I thought maybe I'd seen it and just didn't recall watching it. But then I realized I was just thinking of the great Alan Cumming from what I believe to be the far superior film, Josie and the Pussycats. Now, mm. that's something we all can agree on. Yeah, I mean, I love them both equally, but I do agree that Josie has a bit more commentary and, and interesting uh, script going on than, than Spice World. I had no nostalgic connection to this, but I appreciate that it exists because I do love movies like this. And of course, as always, girl power. Lovely Gil review, Paola. Jaeger. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And that's it. And if you want your review right on the show, I've said, of course, no matter what day or week, I mean, we'll try to keep it to like the last few weeks of stuff if if there are reviews there, but tag it Austin Danger Podcast. We might read it on the show. I've also promised that if you do chairman of the board, I will read it on the show. I promise. I dare you. I dare you, Letterboxd users. Oh my gosh. Think about it.
throwing yourself onto the sword to watch <laughs> for, for, for us to read your review. For stupid. <laughs> well, the time has come. My favorite time of the week, Christmas on a, on a Wednesday where we roll the <laughs> wheel <laughs> and we uh, get to see what movie you're watching next week. Kev, are you ready? Mackenzie, do you remember, do you remember like, uh, back at the beginning of last year when we were talking about making Austin Danger podcast? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Vaguely. Yes. Right. And I don't know if you remember what I said to you. I don't. We said a lot of things to each other. I said, yep. What a concept. I could use a little pod myself <gasps> and we could all use a little change. Well, next week on Austin Danger Podcast, it is finally time. The biggest year in Austin Danger Podcast history continues. Cameron Diaz returns to Austin Danger Podcast. Future legend John Lithgow makes his debut. Future legend Eddie Murphy makes his debut. And of course, the return from Cat in the Hat of Mr. Mike Myers. DreamWorks put themselves on the map in 2001 with the first animated film to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, Shrek. And next week on Austin Danger Podcast, we begin the road to Shrek 5 with the one that started it all. Kev can attest, I just got out of my seat and walked around the room. I had to walk that off. Are you fucking kidding me? My, the adrenaline is pumping right now. <laughs> Number 295 on the wheel from the year 2001. It is You Shrek. organically got it. Oh my God. Boom. <laughs> my test spins were three Transformers movies, by the way, before we started the show. This this yeah sometimes kevin and i mess around and see what movies we get and then they don't count and sometimes we get movies we want to watch and they don't count uh that is crazy that's like the movie everyone's been waiting for us to do which means also we are one step closer to the best movie of all time shrek 2 oh my god that's right that's right <sighs> we have we have you know what's funny is that I'll let the listeners in a, a little bit on this. We have a lot of really fun and exciting surprises planned for the summer. Yes, and we do. What better way to kick all that off than with easily our most anticipated episode ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's all downhill from Shrek 1. <laughs> yeah, listeners, you are going to find out very soon in the coming weeks, but we have some really fun surprises for you coming up this summer. Um, but, and this is just an extra cherry on top. But before all that, next week, we are doing Shrek. You love it. Do you hate it? What would you rate it? Let us know. Review it on Letterboxd. Tag Awesome Danger Podcast. Email us. Voicemail under 90 seconds. Or just write something. We'll read the whole thing on air to AustinDangerPodcast at gmail.com. Or, I don't know, like DM us on Discord or whatever. However you want to reach us, reach us and we'll, we'll, we'll lay it on the show. But that is next week. And until then, for Mackenzie, this is Kev. Awesome Danger Podcast. Peace. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Austin Danger Pod. This episode was mixed and edited by me, Mackenzie. Thanks for listening.